and gentlemen, the reason we're late is because of Ron Luce. But hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to Cubs on Tap. I'm Ron Luce. It's been a hot minute. I missed you guys. Uh, but I am joined by two legends in Cody Del Mendo and Joe Mayers. Gentlemen, it's the MLB lockout day eight. How are we feeling? Mm, I'm praying, Ron. I'm praying. It's like praying that it ends tomorrow. It ain't going to end tomorrow. Got, I'm looking forward to going on Google and searching for a new sad Cubs fan to post on our on our Twitter <laughs> account. Because I have God, thoroughly enjoyed those the last eight days. I mean, what else are we supposed to do right now, man? It's just like it's sad boy season. It Not actually, only in, in the in the off season of baseball, but the, the it's fucking mid December. There, there's it's fucking cold outside. I had to pull the pea coat finally out of the closet. Like it's it's sad boy season, man. Like it just sucks oh. right now, and we don't even get to like think about who the Cubs could, you know, sign. And I mean, stuck. we can, but we just don't know when that's going to happen. Right. Like, it's stupid. But we're going to talk like all about it, man. We are. I'm good I, overall, though. I'm glad that, to see your face. That's good. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the fan things because uh, if we're completely honest right now, uh, the day seven one made my article that I put out this morning. So uh, <laughs> I was very appreciative of that. Um, very, very much so. Scott, what's up, sir? Uh, he says, hashtag Northside Ron is vibing. I am vibing. I'm vibing because I'm back talking baseball with you guys. I'm Joe, vibing. how are you doing, buddy? Great. In the middle of the move. Stressed as all hell could be. I mean, it's are you ever really done moving? No, I've lived in my house for two and a half years. And I just, I still haven't yeah, I mean, you know, we're 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 in pretty well, but now it's just the the finishing touches, which is I would show you this entire room, but it's a freaking mess. But I'm good, man. I like I, I quote tweeted the live tweet, doing what I love, talking Cubs baseball with you guys. Hell love yeah, it. brother. I love it. Shout out to Scott for being in the stream. Uh yeah. damn shame that Illinois had to go and in, uh, go into Iowa City and shit on them the other night. Hate to see it. Fresh off fresh off, the, fresh off the big Cody, 10 championship. Cody, game. Cody, Cody chose violence in uh <laughs> on Thursday night tonight. My goodness. Wow. That's I uh, uh, you know I, what's even better? You know what's Scott even might better? Have, Scott might have just exited the stream to go yell at you on it. <laughs> One of Hey, if it's if it makes it feel any better, Purdue just lost to Rutgers yeah. tonight, and Illinois destroyed Rutgers by like thirty points. Tenth year uh, senior Ron really? Harper Jr. Yeah. Oh, Scott, he just came back at the cops. He said basketball is weak. I was a wrestling state. That is like the fourth person to tell me that. I mean, it, is, it is a wrestling state, but still. yeah. I have That's a true. I have a friend who was on the Iowa football team, and we're in the same fantasy football league. And you know, late Saturday night after. That whooping from uh, Michigan, I had to break him the bad news. I'm like, sorry, but you're going 0-2 this weekend, sir. <laughs> I, uh, I took Michigan uh, minus 12 and a half on Saturday, too. Oh, that um, was easy. Yeah, it was the easiest. There was no sweat involved in that game. I had that with I had that with Joey on Untap Bets on uh, Friday night. Yeah, <laughs> we're all we're off the rails. All right, I love this. Yeah. Speaking off more, speaking of more off the rails while we're at it, um, <laughs> Joe, I, I I hate to tell you, but um, Beaton's a little uh, upset that you bet Kent State uh, <laughs> yeah. in the MAC championship game. I, He's a I even. Upset. Not even to, it, after that first drive where Kent State didn't score, but they like just missed a couple D plays. I tweeted, "I'm like, guys, you have to go ahead, Kent State, right now, and now you cannot keep up with them." <laughs> oh my god, was I Woof. so wrong? <laughs> that was so wrong. Not as wrong as I am. Of the week. Oh my god, I was about as wrong as me betting the Steelers tonight. 
And hey, that's okay not though. On the money hey. line and the spread. Like hey, while we're talking, these. while we're talking about it though, speaking of NFL action of betting, uh, we are in the presence of the number two man on tally site. Ooh. Out of three sixty one, nicely done, my friend. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you little gambling connoisseur. I'm jealous. I see. I can't ride with you like I tweeted you because I know as soon as I do, I'm going to drag you down. Because yeah. I I have terrible luck betting NFL, especially in the second half of the season. First half different. Second half, no chance. Yeah. See, last year I you know I didn't bet as much as I did this year, but I feel like I learned from my mistakes. That's that's what my what I feel like at least. I respect uh, that. Like that. tonight, the un- I took the under tonight. The under's still alive. So, you yeah. know. Vikings just picked them off in their own territory. Well, you know, as long as they don't get to 44 <laughs> points and the Steelers don't score, I guess we're alive. But, yeah, you we know. Can do it. It is what it is. But, you know, I appreciate the, sh- the-, the shout-out, Ron. Hey, uh, I've had some profitable weekends. Uh, Good. This week's been okay. I've been trying my college basketball is not it's not been great to start. And it already pisses me off. I can't bet on Illinois because the state of Illinois sucks. But like oh, I, it. it's isn't that changing though? It's supposed to sometime next year. They're hoping, you know, we'll see. But yeah, no, I uh yeah. I'm gonna do the on tap bets uh podcast tomorrow. So uh go tune into that and uh love that. Yeah. I so. will tune in. I will tune in. I, I guess be- I, I was too good for Joey. You don't want me back. I dominated on that. Actually, Joey, like, uh, he DM'd me today. He's like, yeah, I got a wedding, and I got to go to rehearsal tomorrow. He's like, dude, you want to do it? And I was like, sure, brother. I'll do it. (laughs) Fuck it. Yeah, talk about a show that you're just like, it just, you're like, you you look down, you start talking forever. You're just talking football, talking football, and you look up, you've been on on the clock, or on the show for like an hour and a half. You're like, where did this go? Yeah, right. talking football for an hour and a half. Where did the time go? So I'm just going to like, you know, I, I've listened to some that he's done. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll try and do that. <laughs> we'll see how it's going to be a gong show. I promise you. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to, uh, to see how that goes. But no, I mean, it's, you, you mentioned, right, MLB lockout not going to end tomorrow. But you can go watch Cody over at On Tap Bets. But I think something we can keep going, guys. And again, I, I know I missed the episode. But guys, Marcus Stroman's still a Chicago Cub, and it still makes me smile. It still oh, gives yeah, me brother. a big smile. The only reason, no offense to KB, because we're, we're speaking some KB vibes into the world today, but just because KB's up there, it's because Stroman's not yet up there. But we're going to change that very soon. So I'm very excited. Uh, that my I love seeing that KB jersey up there, brother. I love seeing it up there because he's going to be wearing it again one day. He will, and I think it's going to. It might. It might. It might happen this year. Might be. I'm hoping rumors. Might. There's a rumor out there. You, do we want to start with that first? We can. Yeah, let's dive into it. All right. So uh, I wrote an article yesterday. Uh, I was grinding out. My girlfriend was made me watch the People's Choice Award awards, and I was grinding wow. articles out because it was better than watching Kim Kardashian dress up like Catwoman. <laughs> and or in Incredibles. If you know, you know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, Robert Murray and uh, Russell Dorsey and Mark Carmen, uh, who's like a Chicago radio guy too. He, uh, they were on a podcast on Robert Murray's podcast, and uh, they said, like Robert Murray said something along the lines of he believes that Chris Bryant coming back to the Cubs is still a possibility because he knows a guy in Chicago who knows the Cubs, which. 
take that with a grain he, of salt. He whatever. Knows, he knows a guy who knows a guy. Right. Yeah. He knows a guy. And, and that's uh, how you know Chicago. Right. Yeah. And he knows, uh, he knows he knows a guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He probably quite literally just lives right down Sheffield, hangs yeah, out right. at Murphy's all the time. <laughs> whatever. Um, he with the bartenders. Right. Right. But uh, I don't know. He said that he thinks it's the whole possibility. It's not. He didn't guarantee anything. Didn't say that it's gonna happen. Just said that he wouldn't rule it out yet. And you know, Bryant probably going to get somewhere between twenty-seven, twenty-eight million dollars AAV, which that's a lot of dough. That's a lot of dough. And you know, as much as I love the guy and I want him to be with the Cubs, I'd be willing to pay him that much if the Cubs can get him on like a five-year deal. Like I think that that would be. That's great. exactly what I was thinking. I'm glad That'd you be said great. That. So that's the 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 synopsis of what was said on this podcast. Go read it more on tapsportsnet.com. Hit the Cubs section. You you know. Um, he knows the drill. Yeah. So I don't know, fellas. Like. Obviously, I want Chris Bryant back. Everyone knows that. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I want Chris Bryant back. If you read the article, you definitely know that I want Chris Bryant back, and I think that they should do whatever it takes to get him back. But how you guys feel? I uh, I want him back. I think if you're tearing, you know, assume at this point Javi hasn't signed with the Tigers, which obviously has happened. If I'm ranking the guys I want back, it's Chris Bryant because – I mean, he's just he's just as steady as they come, and he can play multiple positions, and he's just the most likable guy on the planet. Like when talking about like Baez, it's with all these shortstops coming up right now. Is it worth signing Javi Baez to six year or how many how many how many years he signed for five? I think, I think he got a five year six. Oh yeah, five it was five. six. Yeah, yeah. It was like, six. Is, six is it one forty? Like your your block like. The Cubs are loaded in the prospect ranks at shortstop right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote an article right at the end of the season about the possible platoons forming, one of them being first base. You sign Anthony Rizzo, there's no platoon. And if you're not platooning in some positions, you can't afford these big-name guys and still be competitive, in my opinion. Like. And I, I really liked what we saw with, with Schwindel and Alfonso Rivas. And now we possibly also have Jan Gomes who can play some first base if the DH isn't brought back when the lockout ends. So if you bring back Anthony Rizzo, Frank Schwindel is useless. Alfonso Rivas is u- not useless because he can play some outfield. But that, then we're just, you know, getting we're get, essentially getting rid of those guys. So... That is, that is assuming, though, right, that the DH doesn't come to the NL. Because I think at least, like, with Schwindel, like, you can maybe use him there. But then you make the same argument, right, of, like, what if they go and get some other guy in free agency who's better suited to kind of be, like, your 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 most common DH, play the field here and there to give guys breaks. Mm-hmm. And I don't – like, it's going to be um, – it's going to be, I don't know about fun, but it's something to watch is how – I know teams transition to using the DH. Do they use it as a spot to get guys off their feet, but still get at bats? Or do they go straight to the, we have a DH once, you know, 150, 150 games, use our DH, something like that. Like I think a lot of it also obviously depends on what your personnel is, but I think some teams are going to go, we're going to figure it out on the go. And some teams are going to go get a guy like Schwarber and plug him in the DH, you know, like, 
it's just depending on what the teams want to do. But I think we're going to see a lot of both. See, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the Schwarber idea because I've been after that report, which Cody, you also wrote that up, I believe. Um, you know about he wants you know three years, twenty million a year, which I think for a guy like Schwarber is incredibly reasonable. Because like, yeah, maybe if you get one bad year out of that contract, like, but you're out of it in three years. It's not a, a six and seven year deal for that kind of guy if it doesn't work out. And if he and if he plays really really well, he's betting on himself. He's going to get an even bigger payday because if the DH is universal, it's just going to keep going. And I think that's why, though, like for the Cubs, why they can afford to, you know, still bring back Wilson Contreras despite, you know, that he's climbing in age is because, like, you can DH him more. You can let him play a little maybe outfield or first base, you know, if you, you stick with Schwindel. Like, there's more options. And I think that bodes well for a guy like KB as well because then you talk about even if you get him on the five years, Right, because he's what he just turned thirty, correct? Yes. yes. Okay, just turned thirty. You got him till thirty-five, so you still got him for some of his prime. I feel like for baseball players, prime is a little longer than most of the other sports. Like for the the traditional man, your like physical peak prime mm-hmm. is like twenty-eight to thirty-two years old. Right, and like that's just scientific, but especially in athletics. But I feel like in baseball, you can you can prolong it a little more. It could be like 24 to like 34, 35. So like you're getting a five good years of Bryant. So to your point about, you know, that 27, 28 per year, I think that's tolerable, yeah. right? Because like if KB, if KB maybe gets more days off and just playing in the outfield more instead of like over at third base and his knees are feeling better, maybe you get a more consistent KB. You know, maybe right. you get 270. 275 KB with, you know, maybe the power isn't the same because of the, you know, the the shoulder issues. But even if you're getting, you know, 25 to 30, but he's driving in runs, like he becomes maybe a double machine. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not, I'm not mad about that. I can live with that. Because even if that starts to look eh in 2025, you know, or, or 2026, you have enough prospects where like guys are still going to be on like small deals. And you can still have that flexibility without having to totally like tear things down. So I, I'm a fan for it. I really am. And I, I um I think it'd be nice because then like KB comes back and is like he's here for the second go at it, you know, and he's like mm. the golden boy. And then like he kind of takes over then as like the face of the franchise from like what Rizzo was. Yeah. And like, you know, because he was like he was there with Rizzo together, but like it was still always Riz. And then like turning around, it's like he is that guy. And he's like, okay, let's do this. Let's see where this goes. So I'm, I'm really intrigued um, to see what happens with him as well. Just kind of like what Joe said, but I, I think if, if the Cubs can make it work and they maybe find enough value at some of their other holes that they want to fill for 2022, I think it's worth a shot if he's, and who knows, I'm not going to say he's going to, because I know if I say this, I'm going to either get ripped or people are going to get their hopes up, but I'm just mm-hmm. going to put it into the universe as just, it is a what if question. What if, though, he takes a little bit off that? And I'm not saying astronomically. I'm not saying he's going to take 18 to come back mm-hmm. per year. But, like, what if he takes, instead of 27, 28, maybe he just takes a flat 25? That $2 million is still a very serviceable player on your on your team. So, like, even if it doesn't seem like at the top of it, like a very, like, wow, that is a very, you know, you know, it's not. It, it seems like not a generous hometown discount. It kind of is because that's that's another David Bodie if he wasn't constantly getting hurt nowadays. Like right. that's that utility guy who's like, you know, maybe not your first guy off the bench, but like your second. 
Like mm-hmm. he can still be a valuable player. And especially with the youth and all these guys on, on small contracts, that's maybe two players on small contracts now that they're continually developing guys as well. Um, so like I'm, I'm intrigued really to see where this goes. And actually this might be a little good transition here. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Marchese jumping into the comments here. You guys talked about Bryant, you know, to the Cubs for five years with this take, the Cubs out of the Correa conversation since the Cubs are loaded in the farm at short. I think that's fair because we kind of mentioned, Joe, you you tip, touched on that a little bit about the depth that the shortstop position. They have three in their top ten uh, mm-hmm. with Preciado, uh, the local boy, Ed Howard, and then Hernandez. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would be intrigued with, like, KB because it, it, here's the question that you ask themselves. Can they bring back KB and somehow get Correa here? Like, are you willing to commit that kind of money to mm-hmm. really, like, with the youth coming up, like maybe have a team in place that can go win it in maybe three years. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fair question to ask. And I, you know, because they do have so much depth at, at short and the farm, maybe that makes not necessarily even Korea. I'm not saying Korea expendable, but like maybe that allows those guys to be pieces. They can trade for young talent. That's cheap at other mm-hmm. positions of need. I guess so. I don't think it totally would take them out, but I guess it really just depends what else is part of the plan. I, yeah. I think you got to you got you got to think about it. If if the Cubs are going to go out and get Correa, is he a better player than Javier Baez? Yes, but the great thing about shortstops in your minor league system is a lot of times those guys are the most athletic. They can switch positions if needed. Is Javier Baez a guy they're going to make a top shortstop prospect? change positions for maybe is Carlos Correa a little bit more than maybe I don't know <laughs> but the, the, you there's a little bit more flexibility um but well, it, it's tough I mean again prospects don't always pan out you I, know, like I think that they, I think the Cubs could get both okay before I continue shout out to Michael Marchese uh ILL brother uh let's go align I yeah he's I he's one of my he's, he's one of my friends I, I've been nice. I've been uh get it trying to get him into the comments he's been texting me instead of commenting I'm like what are the comments hell yeah hell yeah uh I just wanted to wanted to point that out I can't believe we got an <laughs> Illinois football player watching the stream right now that's awesome um anyway my kind of like what the, for me, if they were both to be, if the Cubs were able to get both, I like I said, I think one of them, like, and it would probably be Bryant because I don't think Correa is going to take a deal less than at less than eight years, honestly. But if you just pay the AAV higher on less years, I think that the the, the Cubs could do that. I don't know. I don't. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about Correa. Maybe Correa because he saw Stroman do what he did, taking you know less years but more money, you know, or you know, we've seen it. You know, Scherzer took three years, forty-two AAV, AAV a year as well. Like I, I don't know, crazy um, money, dude. Right? Like, Stupid. like we've seen. Like it's it's different. We haven't seen that like ever. Um, do you think? Maybe. Do you think that becomes more common? I feel like it could just because, like, you just like I feel like players are realizing it. It's hard to like. It's hard to bank on having those like like best years all in a row unless your last name is trout or hell even mookie Betts even had like a little bit of a down year this year right so like maybe some of these players are thinking especially the ones who are entering free agency in their mid to late 20s like maybe they should take shorter years but get more money and you know figure out everything later 
I know a lot of them want those 10 year deals mm-hmm. just because they just want to like be like with an organization for the rest of their career. But it's like, hell, Nolan Arenado took something like that and he was with Colorado for one more year and then they traded him for a fucking mm-hmm. washing machine. Like, <laughs> we, we, what are we fucking doing here? And then like John Carl Stanton's another great example. Again, those are small market teams. I don't think that's going to happen with a big market team, but like we've seen it and it's just like, what's the fucking point sometimes? So. Again, I don't know if Bryant would take like a three-year, thirty-five million dollar AAAV deal or whatever. But I, to me, to get them both, I feel like one of those guys would have to take less years than what we expect. Mm-hmm. So, I think you hit. I think you hit it right on the head. I think in order to get a guy like Correa, I think it's going to take more AAV and less years. And I mm-hmm. think that's the best. The best thing to do for in the cup situation you don't want to lock you can't in this point right now it's it's tough to want it's tough to lock yourself into something like that even though you want to especially for a guy like correa right but if we got a, a comment little yumper little yumper like if the cubs offer an opt-out after year two maybe he considers it it's t- i mean it sounds like a great idea it's but- and it's not bad because i think what it does is and this is going to be my little, not tinfoil hat, because I feel like this is a good take, but like a, a positive spin on the situation is like maybe these guys are hoping and maybe there is hope, you know, amongst the chatter of just MLB players. Like maybe there is hope that the the, the new CBA that when it is figured out is really beneficial for baseball too to like continue to grow the game because I think these guys are seeing like the NFL and the NBA grow like and how much like Steph Curry's making per year and and in, in these other leagues, and they're like, we play more games. Like, how do we get baseball more popular? Because naturally, just by playing more games, we can make more money. So it's like, why not, you know, take a shot and go for it? And, you know, at least then it's you get that financial security now when, like, the market's not going to be the best. But maybe, just maybe, that, you know, becomes more favorable to a free agent for more money. And all of a sudden now these guys are at the, you know, still in relatively the peak of their careers. And are like, I can get another contract. Because if Correa does two years with an opt-out, that makes him, what, no older than 30. I think he'd still be 29 when that contract ends. I think he's 27. I know he's, like, probably close to turning 28. But, like, even though he'd be 30. And in baseball, baseball players age the best out of any professional, like, sport and just because of the, the least amount of contact mm-hmm. on your body. Like, realistically, he still gives you another good five years that you, he can get another contract for probably maybe more money if the, you know, if everything continues to grow over time. Yeah. I think yeah. that's an interesting proposal. Yeah. I, th- I think it's interesting thinking, thinking about it. And I also find it like very interesting on Cubs Twitter too, about like how everyone, literally everyone wants Carlos Correa after the Stroman signing. And, and I'm not, I'm not slandering it. I think it's awesome that people are like actually getting up for it and like believing it. Because the last like four months, it's just been unbearable listening to these people bitch and complain about ownership in the front office. But I also feel like it's not the worst thing in the world if they don't get Correa because of what Joe said about the shortstop depth. And I do think that they could get some like Trevor Story would be half the price. Like I'd be okay with Trevor Story as well. Um, obviously, Correa I think is better, but I would be okay with Trevor Story and. The only reason I'd be okay with it, 
like three fourths of the reasons because I know we got shortstop depth coming or infield depth coming. So, you know, if the story thing doesn't work out, at least he's at, at worst, he's a bridge guy. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I just, you know, with the whole Bryant thing and w- with him, I, I think, you know, if the Cubs want to prove that they want to be in it like next season, like, like literally go for it. Like, I feel like if they sign both of them, I still don't even know if you could say that they're a World Series contender because I still don't know. I still don't know about the pitching, and that would go for the bullpen and, uh, you know the the starting rotation. Like to win a World Series, you got to have a lot of depth, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of like what you just we just don't know. Like, yeah, we probably see Braylon Marquez next year, but what are we gonna see? We don't know. Like, you can't bank on that. That was kind of like the White Sox problem last year. They banked on a lot of things. I mean, they got fucking lightning in a bottle with Carlos Rodon. You know what I mean? If if he doesn't do what he does, then I mean, the White Sox probably still make the playoffs, but they probably don't win as many games. I don't think that's for sure. So, like, that's kind of like what I'm saying is like, if they were to sign both of those guys, I they would there would still need to be more, especially on the pitching side. So, you know, if they want to spend more on pitching, I'm totally okay if they sign Trevor Story for less money, and we'll see what happens with Brian and Rizzo, and then. You know, go get another starter. I know, Ron, you wrote uh, Matthew Boyd as a, as a possible guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of other arms out there that could, like, fill out, like, just as depth guys. I think the Cubs got their top three or four guys uh, in the rotation. It's just, like, now we got to find some depth guys because you can't bank on all four of those guys giving you 30 starts the entire – like, all throughout the season, you know what I mean? So – there's there's still a lot of questions so i when it comes to like like what the front office is thinking i think that's like the big thing like like are they going to try and go for it next year then i think that they would they would probably definitely sign correa and then you know give chris bryan a call and we'll see what happens but i still think that the front office is more so thinking that they're just trying to make the postseason next year like like I feel like I said on the last podcast, I felt like the Stroman signing was so similar to John Lester. Like you just like give like like John Lester brought hope in the in the winter of 2014, right? Everyone like we were literally a mere hours before the 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 lockout was about to hit, right? Mm-hmm. And then they signed Stroman, and it's like there's hope. Like that's literally what it was. It was there's hope. So and when they made when the Cubs signed Lester. They made a few other small moves. They traded for Dexter Fowler. They traded for Miguel Montero. You know, and then you had the the slew of prospects coming up. Like that's kind of like the position that the Cubs are in right now. Like we don't know who's going to come up next year outside of Brennan Davis. Like, yeah. but there has to be other guys. I know a lot of people are high on Ethan Roberts, for example, and you know other other guys that are like probably going to be in the bullpen or you know can maybe. I don't know, like be a guy a pl- platoon guy off the bench. I I don't know. Like there's. There's a handful of guys that we just don't know. And you, you obviously, you, if you're going for it, you can't bank on those guys coming up and just being like turning into God. You know what I mean? Not not everyone is Kyle Schwarber in 2016. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, again, I to me, when it comes to if you get in Correa and Brian, I think the, the Cubs are like, if you do that, then you definitely have like, you can't go like three, four in and then not do anything else. Like you have, if you do that, you better go all in and like, then really fix all the holes. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and I just don't see the Cubs doing that. 
That doesn't mean that they can't sign one of those guys, though. And I think that's more realistic. So, mm-hmm. you no, know, and I agree with that. I think you see maybe one more significant signing. And then it's going to be a lot of like the depth pieces. It's going to be the Matthew Boyds of the world. It's going to be, um, I, you know, actually, hold on. I have the list right here. It, you know, it's going to be maybe like a, a Corey Dickerson of the world or, you know, somebody along those lines more where I like Corey Dickerson. Mm-hmm. I, I've been wanting yeah. the Cubs to get him for like yeah. 10 years. I feel he wouldn't, like he wouldn't be a good like no team ever wants him. Yeah. It's yeah. like, why does nobody want he gets, Corey Dickerson? He gets cut like, <laughs> He gets cut like every year, like or like DFA or whatever. But like you look at his numbers and you're like, why? Like, and then he's he always ends up like on the Pirates or the Rays and will right. like like kill for him. Sure. Right. You know I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, it's anybody it's, know if Daniel Descalso's out there? Yeah, fuck that, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll I'll, uh, I'll agree to that. We'll we'll, we'll stay away with wait, just far far away from that one but uh-huh. i mean i don't know i'm i'm intrigued to see what the cubs do because like it felt like the way jed responded about the stroman deal of like oh we didn't think the market was going to move that fast but it sounded like they said it in a way where they were like hey like we had a plan just the market went quicker than we expected but like we we had some things in the works which i like and he's he's gone out and publicly said it like when the wayne miley move happened he's like we're not done mm-hmm. we're not done we're like he was like, watch this. We're we're gonna go do some more shit here. Yeah, yeah. Think about how quickly the Stroman thing developed. I mean, Stroman said he's ready to. He's like, oh, I'll wait till March. I'll wait till after lockout. Bing, bang, boom. He's in Chicago. Like right. something the Cubs, awesome. something something Jed did was just just brought. I mean, you know, the city does a great self of a great does great in recruiting itself. But yeah. I've, you know, there's a plenty of cities that do that. Yeah. One one thing that I feel like we didn't mention on the last podcast when we were reacting to the Stroman signing was, you know, a lot of people were like, no one's going to want to come to the Cubs because they're not in position to win and this and that. And it's like, did you forget that we're the fucking Chicago Cubs? Like, we play at one of the most beautiful ballparks in all of baseball. Like, yes. like it. Like, do you do you not did you not like see the atmosphere at that ballpark? in the like in the playoffs of 2016 like like i feel like they can use the 2016 highlights to lure free agents because if because anyone should want to be part of that atmosphere like you would get the same atmosphere again like the next time the cubs are in the playoffs you're going to get a very similar atmosphere it's not mm-hmm. just because of the 108 year curse man like that that like that's like you sometimes we get that atmosphere at Wrigley on a freaking regular day like on a on a friday at 120 at mm-hmm. the 8th inning and we're up 3 to 2 with St. Louis in town like you'll get a standing o or a like fans rising to the in their seats or whatever because of whatever and it's like it's different from like a lot of other places it's electric it's absolutely electric like you like it's not me being some home or anything that's just what it is like there's just the atmosphere at Wrigley Field is is one of the more unique ones I wouldn't I'm not gonna say it's better than certain places or anything I just think it's very unique if Stroman like if they sold him on that and the fact that they're probably gonna try and win like that that had to be some like part of it. I just like got so annoyed with a lot of people who were like, "Oh, Stro- like no one's gonna want to come to the Cubs because they're not they're not trying to win and they're not doing this and oh the Ricketts and it's like well, I like think you're, I, uh, just, you're just speaking you're speaking your negativity into the world that no one wants to hear, bro. 
And an- another big knock that in my eyes is not necessarily positive, but it's something credit to the Cubs is how the way that things ended with KB, Rizzo, Baez. For sure. Yeah. Right. I understand. But at the same time, to be in Jed Hoyer's shoes and is he just they went from being buyers to sellers, we all know. Mm. But to just you have to look yourself in the mirror and be like, this isn't it. Right. Like, you know, we I love always, these guys with the but we love these guys with all our heart, but this isn't it. Right. And we're gonna do what it takes to get it. Right. What, what my thing, like some people like I kind of talked about in the last podcast. I keep I keep going back to it. I'm sorry. But like someone like I guess in a way kind of accused me of like flip-flopping because I was like super sad at the at the deadline, but like got on like I got me and Ron, like Ron, you definitely know this because we did so many freaking post games or whatever where we were just talking about the offseason. We talked ourselves into believing that Jed was gonna spend. Yep. That's not flip-flopping. I just like convinced myself that there's no way that Jed wasn't going to spend. And that's better way of thinking than just being a negative Nancy and just blaming everything else, all your problems on everything and on ownership and everything else. At the end of the day, what the Cubs did at the deadline was the smart baseball decision. Like it was, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like the Cubs got a haul for all three of those guys at the deadline. And Darvish. Yeah. And Darvish and Jake Marisnik and Jock Peterson. Like they, they got a lot of, you know, not, not all of those guys are going to hit, but they got a lot of a lot in return. And at the end of the day, it is their fault that they got to that position. Like that's what bothers me the most is that they couldn't come to terms on a contract extension with any of them earlier. But when you go into the season and what happened happened, what else, like what does, what else can Jed Hoyer, like if he doesn't trade anyone, then we're sitting here and we lose the rest of the year and then we don't get anything. And not, what if none of them sign? Then we're like, okay, well, we got nothing. And we, and our farm system is still suspect. Like, I, you know, like it's, I think, it's, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think, I'm I think like the biggest thing that will really get me to flip and really forget about what has happened is getting that extension for Contreras. Yes, that is the that is the get right thing that needs to happen. Yeah, we, especially they did now. a great job. They did a great job getting Jan Gomes. There's mm-hmm. two ways to look at the Jan Gomes signing. There's one if you want to be the negative Nelly. Wilson Contreras isn't signing, and he's getting traded. Negative, negative Nani, negative, negative Nani. Nani. <laughs> Thank you for editing all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> and two, which I choose to take is you know they paid a little bit more than you'd like for a backup catcher, but you know. This guy, Young Gomes, is a legit catcher in the in the major leagues. Like yeah. you just signed Wilson Contreras' off days. Hey, and you know legit what? Legit you know off days. You know what ability he has that warrants okay. that money? Availability. Like yeah. we literally just sat here and talked about it for an entire season as they went through what seven backup oh, catchers. Boy. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Jose Lobatone is a all time <laughs> Lobatone, all timer, all time. Like this, it was insane. That never has been seen in my right. recent memory, oh. in, at least right. in Cubs baseball, let alone Tony baseball Walters. in general. Tony yeah. Walters, dude. We oh, went boy. through. We went I, through the. We literally went through the who's who of backup yeah. catchers. Like I thought, was, Robinson Chirinos was the best backup catcher of the. He year. was. He was one hundred percent the best one. But like, that's the point. And it's not a shot at Robinson, but like, yeah. he's been around the big leagues for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, he's like forty years old, man. Right. Like, yeah. like they they needed that. Like, yeah. sure, Jan Gomes is old, but like 
he's that good defensive catcher. Like, dare I say, he reminds me of like Jason Kendall. Why like, not? But but maybe a smidge better. Like, he's a good at this point in his career. He's the perfect backup catcher to a guy like Wilson Contreras because if the DH is in fact coming to the NL, there is your DH half the season is Wilson Contreras. He gets to save his knees. You still have his bat in the lineup. But he just catches less games, and yes, he's he's a gold you know gold glove caliber catcher right now at this point. You can let him have that right now, yeah. But this is the that bridge to hopefully they're uh, one of these catchers in their system working out. Look at the guy they drafted out of Arkansas. I'm not going to slander him, but just the type of catcher he is. He's a very defensive catcher. Like that's the guy you want backing up Contreras because if you can get that DH every day and you have Willie's bat in the lineup, that guy can hit you know eight or nine. And maybe he'll give you some, you know, bats. Maybe he walks a lot. You know, like a poor man, Diazmani Grandal, like the South side, just not as many hits, like more walks or he strikes out. But that's okay. Hey, he gets on yeah. base and the guys at the top of the order can drive him in. Like yeah. to me, that's the best way they're going to use that right now with Willie. And like it at least gives you that like just bridge guy to have. And God forbid Willie gets hurt, who we've seen have injury issues in, in, in the past just because he gets used so much. Right. And I think like we're just like like I said, you signed his off days. So now Wilson Contreras can be at his best for more most of the season. Right. I mean, we've seen him at his best. It's unbelievable. He started two straight all-star games. The dude mm-hmm. is a great player, but you cannot run him into the ground. And you can't like you have to have a viable backup that when he is in the batter's box. You're not just like, all right, time to change the channel, which I would never do. <laughs> but you're just like, you have to have somebody viable that can still produce to some degree, which yeah. they just did not have last year. It, it I think I think they definitely need to extend Contreras now more so because Miguel Maya is going to have Tommy John or whatever, and he's going to be out all next year, and he yeah. basically didn't play this season. Like they can't bank on him anymore. He's kind of like a fringe prospect at this point. Um, so, you know, signing Marcus Stroman, but then not finding a way to extend Wilson Contreras. To me, I just like Juice said on the last show. Like, it's probably just bad timing. Like, if this lockout wasn't happening, I feel like they would have they would have found a way to get this done before the end of the year. So. You know, whenever the lockout ends, I feel like that should be at the like you know mm-hmm. somewhere on the priority list. You know, um, yeah. because yeah. The, the like the Cubs aren't going to find a better; they're not going to get a better catcher than no. Wilson Contreras. They're just not. If that's all they did the rest of the offseason, I would be happy. I get that. I'm I'm with you. Like I w- I probably would be content with it too. As far as as far as uh, major moves, um, mm-hmm. there's some smaller moves too. Like I like. Ron knows I'm a big Matt Duffy guy. I'd love for them to bring Matt Duffy back just to be a death piece off the pinch. He's a guy. I mean, in a situation where the Cubs are in, we don't know. Like, truly, we have high hopes. We always have high hopes because we're Cubs fans. Mm-hmm. But most of he's, us, he's the guy. Like, why in this situation, you're either you're you're in two you're looking at players in two ways, you know, two ish ways. One, he's a guy we see on the team for a long time. Mm-hmm. Or two, he's a guy that we see if the season doesn't go the best, we could trade him. Is Matt Duffy either of those? I don't know. Yeah. I he's obviously not one. He had a great season even despite the injuries. i right. I mean, they probably would have flipped him if he wouldn't if he would have got if he would have stayed healthy. He would have stayed healthy. I agree. 
I think like he, he was he was like I wouldn't say he was carrying the Cubs, but he was he was keeping that was offense hitting, diverse. He was hitting five. Him so and Nico, I mean, him like they Nico. were doing well. Yeah, him and Nico were like those are the guys that flipped the order. You yeah, know? like those are the guys that were getting on base for our right for because they weren't like you know just strictly home run hitters. So um, that's it, something to be excited about for next season is the, the kind of ship in offensive strategy for sure. Yeah, uh, I agree. I feel bad, Ron. Can, can we go through some of the comments? Yeah, we're getting see. a lot of them. We are, and thank you to everybody that has comments. We've seen them; they just haven't mm-hmm. been poofed up on the screen yet. Oh, um, I got to go through them. That's right. Yeah. I keep forgetting you're <laughs> signed out. So, for those that don't know, like we we all like share an account to be like kind of like the admins, and we can like host. And um, I I keep forgetting that Cody isn't isn't logged in on it right now, and it keeps tripping me out. So, uh, let's 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 really start getting bring one up. Oh yeah, we'll get through some good ones, um, and we'll bounce around. We're not necessarily going to go in order. Oh, I wanted to bring this one up actually, Cody. I believe you were at this game. I was. The we were talking Friday about the, game, the Wrigley uh, Field vibe the first. The first full capacity. That was probably like I think I sent a tweet like the last, like the very last game of the year, and I just was like naming off all my favorite moments of the season. That game was at the top of the list because the vi- the vibe at Wrigley Field that day in electric left, in left field. Oh my god! It was, how many how many beers did you consume? I had way too like way too many to count, brother. I, I spent way <laughs> too much money that day. Like Cassidy had to come pick me up and drive me home. And I still lived in the suburbs that at that time, so she drove all the way out from the oh, north suburbs to Wrigleyville at like five p.m. on a freaking Friday. So think about gal. the traffic. What oh yeah, she saved my life that day. She drove, she picked me up and drove me home. Like I, I, that was like the best. Like that was that was far and away like one of the best games I ever gone to at Wrigley Field. I went to a lot of games this year. It definitely ranks number one for me. So, so. me and you, Ron, had had the post game that day. I remember you. We we were talking about how you had it up on your phone watching the what do you call it the game day on the MLB app. Just yeah, foul ball, foul ball, foul ball. Yeah, foul ball. yeah, the fourteen <laughs> pitcher bat. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. Oh, and then there was yeah. Let's go. there was uh, there was a photographer like behind home plate or on the first base side or something, and he was taking these like high quality outfield shots of people, and me and my buddy Tommy were at the game, and he must have he was on Instagram I think, and he just like probably searched like the location of Wrigley Field and just looked at the most recent posts. And I had posted a pic, like a few photos the day after, and he saw that me and me and him were out in the outfield. So he like searched around for us in his photo and then sent it to it was like a high quality photo. It was like my profile photo picture for a while. And there's one of the pictures I'm double fisting two Michelob Ultras and celebrating at the same time. So it didn't spill any of my beer. Thank God. I'm, I'm, I'm better than that. But yeah, like I could go on and on about that game. That was like bet one of the best games of the year. It's, um, it's unfortunate that we couldn't keep that vibe going all season. But I mean, that's just like kind of like what I'm talking about when, it, when I was talking about Stroman and like him wanting to come to the Cubs and everything. Like there's, he had to see that, like pay attention to that thing, to that kind of stuff. And like, want to be part of that i think that's 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 special and like you know i i don't know enough about the mets but i don't know if if city field fills up the ballpark on a random tuesday night game people are gonna go to wrigley field on a tuesday night game if the cubs are projected to be good you know what i mean so so yeah i mean it 
don't know. I, the reason I bring the, that up is because he's just been like, he's been like the biggest Cubs stan on, know, on Twitter. It. He's been, he's been trolling it. like Yankees and Mets fans. And it's just like, Awesome. It makes me laugh so hard. It's so it's so fantastic. I love every yeah. second of it. Here's another good one. I enjoyed this one because I'm Robinson Torinos. Like yeah, old yeah. trades. Uh, he was in the Matt Garza trade. Yep. Uh, Him and Chris Archer. Ago. Yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah. in, in a galaxy far, far, far away. I I just saw something today on Twitter. It's like a anniversary of the White Sox trading Marcus Simeon and Chris Bassett for a wide receiver Jeff Smarja today. <laughs> and you're like, why does like not that. You know, Marcus Simeon just got a bag, and he's been a pretty mm-hmm. solid player. And Chris Bassett has been pretty decent. He's like, why is that not up there? Like, what nobody talks about that stuff. When yeah. you like, it's I know true. we're we're in a vacuum. We hear the Eloy and Dylan Cease for Jose Quintana. Like, how are those not on the same level? Like, like Eloy Jimenez, he's a great player, but because. Let's- Lest but we like, not forget the White Sox really? traded for Fernando, traded Fernando Tatis for James Shields. And uh, did they trade? Was it Frankie Montas too? Yeah, you know, like none of these. Personally, yeah, I think the reason people don't talk about like what you're saying, Joe, is because the Cubs and the White Sox made the Eloy trade. Like that's like that's solely it. Like that's oh, that's that's, that is that's, that's literally it. That's the only reason people hey, are hey, never going to talk. Cody, I got great news for you. Oh, I know. It's that the Steelers are making a giant comeback. We're <laughs> we're riding right now. I'm like, let's cover three and a half at least. The o, the under is dead, but that's okay. But yeah, if, if the Steelers if the Steelers can cover three and a half, oh boy, oh boy. So yeah, sorry <laughs> for the that. for the the reel off there, but no, that's I love good. the cover. We'll go to Keep this going. one too because this one's fun. This talks a little bit about Schwarbs. The DH gives players like Schwarbs longevity. Not saying he oh, yeah. can't do it right now, but it, it helps him age better. It helps a lot of these guys age better, which we kind of touched on already. Because like, yeah, David Ortiz made a career out of it. And I don't think like he'll be a David Ortiz level DH, but like absolutely when he gets to like 34, 35 years old, the DH gives him that longevity. To maybe maybe he's an okay hitter to 38, 38, nine years old. I mean, shit. Nelson Cruz is making a career out of it. He's forty one. Like mm-hmm. the dudes, I mean, he can't be my 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 dad, but like, he at least could be like an older cousin or something. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's up there. That's but that's the beauty of yeah. baseball, especially with a DH. Schwarber is Schwarber is the one who like makes the most sense to even like come back. Like as much as I love Bryant, you know, a hundred percent for the like, Cubs, absolutely. He makes the most sense because the Cubs need a left, like a power lefty bat. He's younger than Rizzo, so you and like you have Schwindel first base, and whether you believe Schwindel is your everyday first baseman or not, like Rizzo is still older than Schwarber, so it makes and Schwarber played first base a little bit with the Red Sox, so you're thinking you could use him in the outfield, you think you could use him at first base, and then the DH, so that makes the most sense. And three years, twenty minutes, like honestly, honestly, just kind of remind it reminds me of the Nick Castellanos signing with the Reds, to be honest. Except it's a little bit more money because he was making he got like fifteen or sixteen mil. This would be for twenty million. So, you said you said the magic words to the make magic. my spine tingle, <laughs> Nicholas Castellanos. I oh, think it, I think I think that's as far as that'll get. I don't think Nick Castellanos. I don't think they're the Cubs have a, a chance. I, it that, it doesn't make sense. That one that one does not don't, make sense to me. The don't moment. ruin my oh, hopes. I know. Joe. I know. I know. They would yeah. have to make they would have to make some <laughs> trades for sure because the I know I know loaded with people I know. right now. I agree right. and I agree and that that's especially actually, after getting Clint Frazier. 
Absolutely. And that's going to ride into a question here in just a second. But I do want to share this. Uh, as we mentioned, the Steelers, our boy Jody Bakota here, needs 16 yards and we're riding. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. You can you can check that out. Uh, he actually wrote about that tonight in his On Tap Vets articles. We were giving love to On Tap Vets <laughs> earlier. So make sure you check out the On Tap Vets guy. Nice. I'm rooting uh, for you, Joey. Let's go. We're, Let's rooting, go. we're rooting for Joey. Wait. Let's go. Um, Steelers come back. A great question from our friend from the IL. How does Frazier change the dynamic in the outfield? Does he bounce back after the Yankees DFA? And I have I have a quick hunch I want to share about this. Go ahead, bro. Because this is really true. And I want to take words uh, from a guy who pulled bank today. Congratulations, Pat McAfee, on your monstrosity of a contract with FanDuel. Good for you. <laughs> but, like, he says, you know, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. If you play good, you live good. If you live good, you die good. Like, that's that's – that's kind of the Clint Frazier mindset that I get with him signing. Cause like he was pissed. He had to get rid of his flow and his beard when he got to the Yankees. And I think that's one of the dumbest, most outdated, stupid ass rules yeah. of all of sports. It grinds my gears. It's honest to God. One of the biggest reasons that I'm so just over the Yankees as an entire organization. It's a shame that Anthony Rizzo ever had to put on those egregious pinstripes, but. And number 48. Yeah. Well, yeah. disgusting number. Um, unless you're in NASCAR, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like Frazier, and he's coming in too. He's wearing 77. Like it's the first time in Cubs history. He's already yeah. vibing with Cubs fans on Twitter. Like yeah. I think Clint Frazier, and I'm not saying like I think Clint Frazier is going to come out and, and put up all-star numbers, but like I totally think Clint Frazier is a guy that can come out this year and with enough regular at-bats can realistically give you 15 to 25 home runs, but maybe yeah. more conservatively 15 to 20 with like 50 – 40 to 50 RBIs, you know, mm -hmm. even if he only plays maybe 130 games, like maybe he gets, you know, some more, he's like maybe the outfielder that gets the most days off kind of thing, you know, and especially if you get the DH, maybe, maybe that's even better for him because then he gets a couple at bats at a DH. If Wilson's still catching, you know, 120 games this year. So mm -hmm. I, I like the Frazier move. I think people are like way down on it for no reason because it's such a low risk, high reward move with a guy that was a top prospect in baseball. And mind you, you know, when we sit here and talk about greatest trades the Cubs have ever made, Jed Hoyer was a part of that deal when I, and I, I remember reading this in Theo Epstein's book about the Jake Arietta deal. They said they went around the front office and all made lists. And it said, who list the players that you think were the change of scenery would truly thrive. Jake Arietta was almost the number one name on almost everybody's board. So they went, they got him. And oh, by the way, he was a Cy Young winner and a World Series champion. With the Jake like, like this is this is a front office I trust to have an eye for guys that sometimes truly do just need to change the scenery. You see it all the time in sports. It happens. It's not to say that a guy's gonna go somewhere else and become a superstar, but at least the guy's gonna go somewhere else and become a productive player. How many mm -hmm. times do we say, you know, guys that are like Oh, you know, so-and-so. Oh, yeah, he was a prospect with this team, but then he worked out with this team. It happens all the time. That's the beauty of baseball and minor leaguers coming up. I think Clint Frazier is a perfect bounce-back candidate because that's a guy who's – who's I, I truly think is like he's going to be the first player in the clubhouse that rides the St. Louis's boring train. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. he's he's going to be a fan favorite, I think, very quickly, and that confidence is going to help him regained what he was and what made him a top prospect in baseball. Yeah, I think like when they signed Frazier, that was before Stroman. So all the fans were just like, oh, we're 
we're signing another fringe it's guy. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like, no one, like, like, no one got excited about it. Like, I, I honestly, I saw a lot of positive things about it. Just like, eh, he's a nice piece. Like, he's not going to change our team. Like, maybe he can change his career with the Cubs, but like, no one like got excited about it. And then they're also like, just, you know, how Cubs Twitter is and just being yeah, negative. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, yeah, no, you, you kind of, you said it, you, you were, perfectly perfect there ron i mean i think frazier has i I don't think he's even got a his potential out there like been able to show it he hasn't been given a chance right uh he had like 200 some at bats in like 2019 but the numbers are actually good have you guys ever heard of a fun player with the media that plays for the new york yankees (laughs) (laughs) no i'm being dead i'm being dead serious a fun, like a fun player, like, like a hobby like guys. A, no, like like guys that like are a good quote, like a you know, like a Castellanos is, and mm. like a Marcus Stroman, and like those guys. You ever yeah. seen one of those it's at the Yankees? No. No. no, even Johnny Damon lost his swagger when he went to New York. Uh-huh. Yeah. What about like, Jacoby? That's Elsberry. a real deal. <laughs> they are, yeah. Look at like he went and just wasn't the same player. I yeah. I am a legitimate believer that an organization that runs like some uptight like thing that existed 150 years ago is the dumbest thing in the world. Right. And I think that's absolutely a real thing. Like I think he truly just needed to get the hell away from the Yankees because he doesn't thrive in that like Mm -hmm. business only mindset. Like everybody Mm -hmm. joked on Twitter the days following the trades that like Rizzo looked miserable in the Yankees dugout. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Going, going back to what I said earlier, when you're, you're thinking about guys, you can think about them in two ways. In this way, you could probably add in a third with a guy like Clint Frazier's. You know, one, like I said before, is a guy you see being with the team in the future as they compete. Two, a guy that if things don't go the way we hope, you can trade him. Or three, in this case, with a guy like Clint Frazier. If he doesn't if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. He's gone. You know, he's 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 just gone. hope. It's nothing. It's it, it, there's no consequence here, right? You just and, hope it doesn't go as bad as Shelby Miller did, right? Oh, like, God. like you're hoping that Absolutely. he finally gets his opportunity and actually shows. I mean, Marcus Stroman quite literally tweeted, or someone no, it wasn't Marcus Stroman, someone tweeted, uh, that Marcus Stroman said that he thinks Clint, Clint Frazier is, um, Manny Ramirez. And uh, you know, Manny Ramirez is great. Was great, <laughs> you know. Stop I don't know. It. I'm just Stop saying it. that's what he com- that's what he compared him to. So. But you, like, you look at the the guy that's popping into my head is a guy who left the Yankees, went to another team, had a lot of success recently. Sonny Gray. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, it, it's different there. Like, people there. Not that it, it doesn't happen in Chicago, but people are dickheads. Yeah. All, like, if you don't, if you're not New Yorkers, suck, dude. I hate. Like, I'm not a fan uh, of New Yorkers. And, saying, and not to say that there's not any of that in the sh- in people in Chicago. Oh no. But a vast majority of, especially Cubs fans, are so positive, mm-hmm. and they just like you could see like they're already they embr- they're just so embracing. Yeah. And there's something to it, you know, like with baseball, Cubs, the game of confidence. Cubs fans are truly like one of the few fan bases in the league where like. You are forever like legitimately like you are just forever beloved in Chicago if you wore the Cubs pinstripes. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what team you go play for. Shit, not, Castellanos went and played for the Reds, and people still like them. Mm-hmm. Dude, people included. fucking still talk about Tony Campana, brother. Right, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I actually just saw the video of uh, his the home, inside, inside the, the park. park or, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But yeah. it's true though. Like, like people still like look out, look at look at Marquee. Marquee Network's a perfect example. Carlos Pena I thought you're talking about Jason Marquee. But like with Marquee Sports Network, really, like look at all the former Cubs that maybe didn't have the longest careers, but like were kind of fan favorites in their eras that they played. Like Sean they still Marshall. get love. Yeah, Sean they still Marshall, get man. they still get love in Chicago. And that's a yeah. real thing. Like that is a real thing with the Cubs fan base. So like they're absolutely I think Cubs and Jet fans in general are one of the most embracing fan bases because it's like Yo, you ride with our team. Like, we mm-hmm. like you. You're cool. Like, and, and they love, like, look at Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos went from being, like, just probably, like, a, a, an enjoyed player in Detroit. But, like, Detroit's not the size of Chicago as a market. Like, he comes to Chicago, and he literally became a superstar because people loved his personality. And they just loved the dude that he was. And they're like, hey, mm-hmm. man, you play for our team, and you're really cool, and you're really good. Like, mm-hmm. this is fun. Like, that's just being a Cubs fan overall, I think. It, of course, you always get, you know, you get your jag bags in the fan bases, but like, you know, overall, I think that's the general consensus amongst Cub fans and, and how they uh, how they treat people. And actually, um, you mentioned that Clint Frazier comment. Um, Joey Ricotta chime in here. He's also boys with Stro, uh, and he was on. Yeah, Mike uh, Mike Stud is a uh, rap artist. Mm. His best friends were Stroman. They pitched together at Duke. Uh, ah. a little fun fact. Um, so they're boys, but he has a podcast. And uh, Stroh's been on it a couple times. I've always listened to those, uh, those episodes because, again, Stroh's my dude. Um, <laughs> so very excited about that. But, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, these these have been really good comments tonight. I'm, there was I'm another one. There was another one someone said about how, like, the the anger and the or the annoyance was justified. Ah, yeah, because yeah, the yeah. last time some because the last time the Cubs signed someone was you Darvish, which that's not true. That's that's actually false. They signed like if we're talking even if we're talking marquee free agents. I mean, they signed Craig Kimbrell in the middle of the season once. Um, they they kept Cole Hamels around. Um, I just don't. I I understand. I just want to state it again. the The annoyance is justified, but it's not like like how long? Like Ron, how long can we just like? continue to beat a dead horse about like the same shit like that's all i've ever like that's the point that i'm trying to make and like there are people like legit people who like did not want to like like no one wanted to believe that they were actually going to spend despite being a big market team and like literally having 44 million dollars on the payroll like like quite like like after saying multiple times, multiple times that they were going to spend, like, I'm not saying you have to believe it. All I ask is to have like a tiny ounce of faith because that's literally what being a Cubs fan is all about is like believing like for 108 years, we went into every year and believed that we were going to win the World Series, even though we knew in a lot of those years that we were going to be really fucking bad. So like, like, like that's, that's all I, that's all I really, the point I'm trying to make, I'm not saying that you, you have to be positive all the time. not saying that you can't be negative, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying like, just have a little bit of goddamn faith because like to see so many people like, and Ron, you're with me on this to see so many people after the all-star break, like literally jump ship to go cheer on the white Sox, And everyone knows I'm not like a giant, like white Sox hater or anything like that, but like, I'm never going to wear a white Sox jersey or anything like to see people actually 
because of what happened to trade deadline, trade deadline, which again were the right baseball decisions, even though they sucked and it was not fun and it was like a terrible second half, they were the right baseball decisions at the time. To see people jump ship just because of that is disappointing to me. Like it's honestly, like I'm not a gatekeeper, but like it's like to me, it's like arguable to like remove your fan card. Like like. Like I, like I, honestly, that's like, that's just how I feel. Like, again, I just want people to like. I wanted people to just have some faith in the off season. Like, get up to like, like be excited about something. The Cubs made a few moves, and then like the lockout was like hours away, and people are just throwing a fit. And it's like, okay, the lockout is coming, but like, there's still plenty of people on the market. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like those seventy two to. 72 hours, like the three or four days before the lockout actually hit, were some of the most agonizing, annoying times on Cubs Twitter because all people did was just like tweet at the Cubs account or like just tweet about how shit was just so terrible and so bad and like blah, blah. This is like they have already made a few moves that were actually that actually made baseball sense. And then they're still like they, they would still have time after the lockout's over. Unless that yeah. shit went into like fucking, you know, July or something. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know. All I, Basically, the again, the whole point was that I just wanted some people to have some faith. Like just have mm. faith because that's like what it is. That is literally what it's about to be a Cubs fan. That's literally it. So I throw up your little, uh, little yumper. Thanks for all the comments. Like it, like I said, it's it's some, it can be hard to believe Jed saying they're going to spend and KB was offered a contract and then hearing he wasn't. You're like, well. What do you believe? What do we believe? You can believe that Jed was pro- maybe not. I don't want to say the line, but maybe he it wasn't. What whatever happened was wrong. But you have to have some optimism. Like, what are you going to choose to believe that the apocalypse is happening and the Cubs are never going to be good again? Or are you going to sit here and be like, all right, I got to give them a chance. Right. And with that chance, we just spent three year. Uh, we just gave a three year, seventy one million dollar contract. Right. And, they, and they have a, a big plan. Deal. Like, I think that's something exactly. that gets forgotten about is like these GMs have a plan, especially good GMs. And I truly think Jed's a good GM because like there's a reason that Theo wanted him to come to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like if Theo was just this mastermind that, you know, felt like he was egotistical and, and was like, I'm going to do it by myself. He would have never asked Jed to leave a GM post in you know San Diego where he was really the one calling more of the shots, even though, you know, they obviously have a president of baseball operations, but like it was going to be Jed say with like, you know, in that role at the time versus like what it was with Theo, where Theo kind of was where the buck stopped instead of Jed. Yeah. Now it does stop with Jed now. And Jed gets uh-huh. this chance to run a team that he's been around for a long time. And like, it's not him coming into a new situation to have to relearn everybody that's in the organization. Like he knows all these kids. He's been here since 95% of them have been with the organization. Like, right there's a reason that like he's, he's got a plan in place. And if, especially if you believe what Theo said, that they were setting up like a kind of like the, the, you know, the next transition. plan. Yeah. The yeah. transition plan a couple years ago, you don't think Jed was already kind of getting prepared for like some of the stuff he kind of wanted mm-hmm. to do given certain mm-hmm. circumstances at that time. Like he definitely had something in mind. And I, right. I, I think it's, again, I do think it's fair to have a little bit of, I call it professional skepticism of like, all right. But and, I, and I don't even, I, I don't even think Jed has been perfect through the whole situation with, with Bryant, especially. I'm not like, I'm not standing Jed saying that he hasn't done anything wrong, but literally people are already out on him. 
Like even after making all those moves that so like at this point right now look really good in the Cubs favor, like the U Darvish trade, we're going to look back in like three years and be like, God damn. Remember when we were all mad about that? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I think- like, that, like, again, like, I just feel like you, you can't just like say fuck Jed Hoyer when he hasn't done anything wrong yet. He will right. make a mistake at some point. Well, it's it's just too soon. He's only had, he's only been like the guy calling the shots for what one year. Like, yeah, it's really he's GMs. To, he's out to prove himself, right? GMs right. GMs take a lot longer to gauge in terms of success rate than a head coach does or a manager does or you know in, in sports because a lot of their moves are set up more so for the future because and especially in baseball where like you're you're relying on majority of the system that sure Jed was a part of but he ultimately. They ultimately, you know, let Theo make the decision. Like, who gets all that? Regardless of what was happening, it's you know, inside the door, the closed doors. Right. Exactly. You know, it, it's it's Theo. It's Theo. It's Theo. Now Jed's right. out here to prove himself. Give right. him the chance. Yeah, and he's right. gonna need. Chance. He's gonna need a while. It's not as immediate as Ross, where we saw like, hey, even in midst of a, a sell-off, like you still had the team buying in and being competitive every day. Like that. That's a sign of a good manager. So mm-hmm. it's a little easier to see that from a, a manager or a head coach in sports than it is from a GM because their plans do legitimately. That's why they always say, like in the NFL, a GM always gets at least two head coaches right. because it's like you need that time to see what they do over a long term period. So I, I think it's, I think it's again, it's fair to have professional skepticism, but at the same time, like you said, you got to have a little bit of faith in order to really just make being a Cubs fan fun because otherwise, if you sit here and have zero faith. Like I feel a lot of us bears fans do like it sucks. It's right. not as fun. You know what I mean? Like we, we went from the, there's always next year to the, you know, the world is ending. Like yeah. not to say that we have, we should go back to the, there's always next year, but yeah, no. you know, you got to right. keep some of that sentiment, you know, like we, that shit, we that give shit, guys a that shit died before 2016. The, the right. bears are a great example on how far head over heels, better of a ran organization in the city. Like the Cubs are compared to them. People want to talk about Tom and how he didn't give money to Jed for this and that, and I, I'm with you. Like he should have, he should have given the money to pay Castellanos, and he should have gave. They should have been able to find a way to pay Bryant and 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 Baez probably too. But they, I mean, they still have rebounded in a big way already. We still have to, they still have to go out there and prove it. But I feel like they've they after all everything that's happened, like they're setting themselves up for success sooner rather than later, and like. Dude, when you look at the Bears, they have like one good year every like seven years, and then it's like we're gonna go through another rebuild again, <laughs> and then and then we're gonna it's it's like it, it's like a never ending circle. It's like all right, we're gonna get up for the rebuild, and we, here's hoping Justin Fields turns out to be something great, and and this and that, and then then something will happen like the Cody Parkey kick, and then we'll like and then it's <laughs> just all down to like I like it's just what it is like to be a Bears fan, and like it all starts at the top, it all starts at the front office, and all of that mm-hmm. shit. And then, so if you take that and you compare it to like how the Cubs do things, like I just feel like it's just light and day, like or night, day and night, whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? In, in terms of just like how an organization is ran. And uh, so I don't know. It just like, I just think that they like the front office deserves a little bit more credit for some things. And I don't think a lot of people give it to them because it's part of their shtick where they just have to be negative all the time and they have to hate everything and they have to be pissed off. And honestly, that's just not fun. And I think that's stupid. 
Yeah, so. it's, 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 <laughs> it is certainly tough uh, to live that way. But, gentlemen, I think we've, we've aired out some good stuff. Obviously, with everything in the lockout, it's quiet. It's going to be a lot of kind of, you know, hypothesis and, and analysis and, like, what ifs and, like, you know, ideas more at this time, unfortunately, than us sitting here talking about actual signings and moves, not only with the Cubs, but even around the league. So, gentlemen, I'll toss it back to you guys. A couple final thoughts, maybe, um, you know, again – uh, with mm-hmm. the holidays coming up, we are. I'm. I'm hoping we're back at least for one more before the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe two, but um, you know, before the holidays and as things are quiet and you know, you not even a you know, not not nothing was moving, not even a mouse. Uh, <laughs> how are you guys? Uh, you know, take us away, take us out go, of here. Go ahead, Joe. Like I said earlier, if you know, if the only thing that happens is Wilson Contreras gets it gets extended. I'll consider that a great move, and I will be as excited of a, as I've ever been for the 2022 season. There's reasons to be optimistic. There are so many reasons to be optimistic. You know, people are still going to be still going to choose to be pessimistic. There's nothing we could do about that. But I am just looking forward to watching some Cubs baseball, hopping on the post game show with you guys. So looking forward to it. Yeah, man. No, I. I, I feel like the last like 20 minutes I just say, sit, I just spent bitching about people bitching. So in a sense, it's like hypocritical that I'm bitching. So Joe, you, you pretty much were right. Like everyone, there will be pessimistic people. And I believe me last year, I was, I feel like going into the season, I was pretty pessimistic. And then those motherfuckers got me in the mail series. <laughs> if you know, you just know, when I think I'm right. out, they pulled, me back in. <laughs> they pulled me back in and then they really murdered my soul. Like they do a year in and year out. But yeah, man, I'm I'm I I need the lockout to be over so we can like get back to thinking about you know if Correa is coming to the Cubs or if we're going to figure something out with Brian or Schwarber or you know Rizzo or something like and then you know so many other guys out there that the Cubs are probably talking about right now in in the office or whatever and you know like. Yeah, this lockout is just—it's ruining. It's ruining like baseball right now, and it's just because of a bunch of old dudes who own a fucking franchise, like freaking wiping faces off like teams, like websites and stuff, acting like they're not real, like like going to the Cardinals website and seeing their promotional stuff, and when they remove Aaron Nolan Arenado's name, but like put Cardinals third baseman bobblehead, like come on, like that—that's so. It, it honestly, it's. It's dumb and it's not surprising because the MLB just finds a way to you know, quite literally just shoot themselves in the foot at least once every six months. It's in a way, it's their way of getting all the headlines because they're not talked about enough. And it bothers me that not as many people love baseball. Problem anymore. Right. Like it's, it is what it is. So I'm just hoping and praying that this lockout ends. <laughs> At the very latest, by the end of January. So, yeah. Till then, that, man, man. Like I, you know, till then, you know, I'm gonna go down to the Cub store, get myself a Marcus Stroman jersey at some point. I will. <laughs> I will join you with that because uh, <laughs> I think you guys nailed it on the head. And my my final thought is just Marcus Stroman's the Chicago Cub, and I'm I'm very <laughs> excited about it. Uh, I don't know if anybody can see this, but uh, and please ignore my notification numbers, but the background. Is nice. the man himself. Nice. So we're already we're already bought in. I'm already fully invested for 2022. Um, I have the same I'm already, 
I'm already, I'm, a, I love it. I'm already like, I'm already looking at how I'm getting out to Cincinnati for opening day of Strowman starting. Like, this is a real conversation that I've had with myself already. So, <laughs> Kyle Hendricks, Kyle Hendricks. Hey, and that's okay. I actually kind of hope it is Kyle because then Strow would start on a Saturday in Cincinnati. Okay. And go, that's magic to get out to Cincinnati. That's the, absolutely like get some Skyline chili. Don't tell your buddy, Cody. Oh boy. Oh boy. I, I wouldn't I definitely be I, able to. I, enjoy, I was in Cincinnati over the summer. I liked it. You uh, liked it? Interesting. I like I didn't you know it I enjoyed it. It's different. It's different. Uh, yeah. um, Shout out to the Illini guy in the in the in the comments. Hey, so Michael, yeah. Mike. yeah, I'll 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 throw it up here really quick and, and maybe we can just throw it around really quick before we get out of here. Do you anticipate the Cubs to bring in low level pitching? Or a pitcher during this free agency period, maybe guys like the only low level of those guys is Danny Duffy. You see Kikuchi, like he'll get a pretty solid deal wherever he goes. Joe Kelly, too much money for a bullpen pitcher for where the Cubs are at. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the Cubs are on. I mean, you could the the great thing about Danny Duffy. Danny Duffy is the guy. The great thing about major league bullpens, real quick, is that you could piece those together with. That's what I think the Cubs will do. Yeah, Yeah. the Cubs are going to go find themselves another like. Rowan, Rowan Wick. Wick out of nowhere, exactly. like they'll exactly. find him. I'm not. That's like the one thing that I'm not worried about. With like the they have, they have the eighth and ninth inning already figured out with uh, Hoyer and Wick, mm-hmm. and then you just build from there. Like Keegan Thompson, with like he's probably going to slot into that bullpen where he was oh, just yeah. unbelievable. I agree. So yeah. like you, the bullpen, perhaps is not something uh, that's on my mind. We <laughs> maybe uh, trade back for Craig, Craig Kimbrell for. Uh, <laughs> For a washing machine because he was so bad with the White Sox. <laughs> we'll send you. We'll send you a nice brand new washing machine and uh thanks White Sox um uh, for, slip for Hoyer and uh, Madrigal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, like for all, all that happened in 2020 for 2021, I feel like we can already say thank you White Sox because yeah, that money is off the Cubs bad, books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was bad. But yeah, I mean, like we've seen like the Danny Duffy's, the Matthew Boyd names, like those those are going to get thrown around. That's exactly I think the market the Cubs are aiming at. Mm-hmm. Outside of one more big move, like I think that's like the I think the one big move comes at a positional, like a a position, a fielding mm-hmm. position, where like then it's going to be a lot of those good depth moves, you know. And maybe and maybe if they really get crazy, they go two bats, but like the rest of the rotation and bullpen is going to be value guys. So I, I agree. Like a Duffy is, is definitely most likely, um, you know, it, it may be like a guy, like a boy uh, is totally possible after, you know, he was non-tendered by the, the Detroit Tigers. So that'll be interesting, but I'd like to see some velocity added. I think that's yes. what it boils down to his velocity. Well, and I, I think, I think that's why maybe he becomes like a two inning bullpen guy, like two or three times a week. We're like, Hey, you're, you're going to, you're going to give us a little extra, but like, Any you're going to be able to talk about, or Matt Boyd. Or, or Boyd. Either Boyd, one. Throws, Boyd throws a little harder than Duffy, right? Right. But, like, you know, he hasn't been throwing deep into games this past year at all. I think he threw a lot of, like, four-inning starts. Mm-hmm. So, like, what if he is a two-inning guy every two or three days? You know, you get him to pitch three times a week or at least, you know, maybe twice a week as a bullpen guy. Like, you can use him in high leverage or low leverage situations, mm-hmm. you know, depending and on how he's pitching. And I think it's not a bad idea. My, my last thoughts on the rotation is – if you're looking at you know 2022 going somewhat similar to the end of 2021, not to say it's going to it's not going to be like that completely, but you have guys, three guys in the rotation that will pitch innings. We're not going to see starting pitchers go three innings twice, three times a week. 
Like we have Stroman, uh, Miley, and Hendricks. So guys, those guys eat innings. So at the least, it's not going to be insufferable mm-hmm. like it was towards the end of the year. So that's something to be happy about. And yeah. like that, that's the lowest for the for the starting rotation. And then we get to see more Justin Steele, more Alzali. Like you see, we've seen Alzali and Stroman interact on Twitter. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. There's so much to be excited about. I think the rotation is probably going to be Stroman, Hendricks, or vice versa, then uh, Alzali, and then Wade Miley, and then Steele. It'll be. I, I think Miley's. I think that Miley, Miley would be third. Yeah. Yes. I, you probably don't want to do right. two yeah, lefties. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. you don't want to do two lefties back to back. I wouldn't think about that. But either way, though, like that's that's pretty solid, especially if Alzale like takes that next step, and if Steele continues to build off last year. I mean, Steele was probably the, you know, as far as like guys who got promoted, he was probably the biggest guy successor. Yeah. So overall, both out of the bullpen and in the rotation, uh-huh. I agree. Yep. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun, but uh, you know, and we'll be we'll be back soon to talk more Cubs baseball. But in the meantime, uh, we want to remind you that Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. Check out all of our great work over at www.ontapsports.com at ontapsports.net on social media. You can follow the pod specific account at Cubbies C U B B I E S on Tap on Twitter and Instagram. Cody does a great job with the IG account, and you can also not only have Cubs, Bulls, Bears. Blackhawks and yes, Cubs fans. We all have friends that are White Sox fans. You know the drill. You can send them over to us as well because we have some of the best coverage, if not the best, in Chicago about your favorite sports team. So once again, www.ontapsports.com at ontapsports.net on social media, the Ontap Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports, gentlemen. It's always a pleasure. It's been way too long since mm-hmm. I talked to either one of you and we've talked Cubs baseball, but it was a true joy. And uh, what do you guys say? Until next time, let's go Cubbies. Go Cubs. Go Cubs. Fuck St. Louis. Yachty is the most overrated player of all time. Go Cubs.